The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Women of the Word, Sunday, October 15th, 2023, A Biblical Response to Overcoming Anxiety, Part 3. Thank you. I will start the recording. So I just wanted to go a little deeper today on anxiety in our um, thoughts regarding suffering. So um, what are we, when we're anxious, you know, what are we afraid of? What are we thinking about? And that's just something that has been um, on my heart is when I'm worried or upset about something and just trying to like, where is this coming from? Well, what am I really believing about God and the and scripture? Um, and trying to really analyze my own thoughts and what is the truth underneath what I'm actually thinking. So um, anxiety is actually a worldly response to trials, and it's in our sin nature. We want to be, we become anxious, um, but followers of Christ are to be different, right? We're to look different from the world, and instead we're to have a biblical response, Um And that biblical response is faith in the character and promises of God. So um, how can we actually live this out, you know, in our day-to-day lives? Because I think often we know the truth, but we don't really know how to, at least for me, like sometimes it's just hard for me to figure out how do I actually appropriate this in my life? Is scripture real in my life? Or is it just kind of something I think and then I go off and just keep doing what I was doing, you know? Um, So one thing I really like is uh, diagrams, Um, visual aids. So I'm going to move this block, actually, because it's kind of a big um, diagram. Um, But I just wanted you guys to kind of help me to think through it, because this is just something I kind of came up with, and it might still be a work in progress. So you can help me. but one of the ideas is the idea of um, trials. Um, trials come into our life, and they're like um, rain. So like rain is falling. And so I'll just put some raindrops here for our trials. And so the trials and suffering come, and what do we do? We put up our umbrella to um, shelter us. This is my umbrella. Um, from the trials. Okay, so, and we can give this label, um, we feel anxious, we feel anxiety, or we're worried. Um, And this might even be, you know, there are things that we're supposed to be concerned about, like in, you know, um, Philippians. Um, We could go ahead and look at, um, let's see, it was in Philippians to find it. Um, We talked about it briefly, but like um, Philippians 2 verses 19 through 19 and following, um, there is godly concern, right? So like Philippians 2 20, um, talking about Timothy, I have no one like him who's genuinely concerned for your welfare. This is a godly concern for the welfare of believers. Um, verse 26, he's talking about Epaphroditus. He has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. 
So that's kind of an anxious, he's distressed, um, or a concern. And then verse 28, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So we do have some godly concerns. Um, and so I'll just kind of put that, like, on the, I don't know, maybe put it over here on the side. Um, godly concerns can um, meld into anxiety, right? Because there's sometimes things that we should be concerned about, but we're, we're turning it, like, inward, you know? So that's kind of a question. But what is happening? So we're putting up our anxiety umbrella, and underneath is all the things that we're holding on to, we're clinging to, like um, our desires, things that are bigger than God in our lives. Um, so it might just be like things like uh, fear of um, failure. Um, you know, we're worried about whatever assignment or something we have to do and we don't want to fail. We don't want it to be like this big flop and everybody's, you know, we feel like rejected. So maybe it's rejection. Um, so let's put this on the side. Things we're holding on to. Um, or things we are um, desiring or um, idols or things that are bigger than God like things we just can't see Um, so and maybe you guys have some ideas like let me know Um, I'll just keep adding things Um, it might be like loss of Loss of um, earthly treasures. Um, right? Jesus talks about that. Uh, Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So maybe that's what we're worried about, things we're going to um, lose. Um, and sometimes it's not really about our needs. It's about our wants. We have to be honest with ourselves, you know. Um, that we're really at the sometimes that happens like we're just anxious about um, I just know that has been my case a lot it's like I'm getting all worried to try to keep this thing but then I'm like well do I even really need that like no you know I don't like that's not um, or maybe it's just loss of control Um, let's put that under there um, it might be fear of death, right? That's valid. This is what we're protecting. We don't want to leave our loved ones. Um, so any other um, things where you guys are thinking of that you're, we're trying to hold on to or protect with our anxiety? Um, help. Yeah, yep, yep, so health, Um, and I would also put pain, Um, like I know for me, like just living with some chronic pain is just like a loss of my, like, youth, (laughs) like loss, that's a thing, right, like, like ease, yeah, yep, or even just loss of mobility, Mm -hmm. yeah, which restricts what you can and cannot do. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think we need to do these things. And like, and maybe, you know, that's something we have to wrestle through with God. Like, I need to be able to, like, do this with my kids, and I can't because I'm in pain or I'm sick or um, that's something that... So this, the point is, like, our anxiety is often a deeper issue. It's like, what do we really believe about what's happening to us, you know? Um, and that was something I had to wrestle through. Like, like I've never had this. If I'm in pain every day for the rest of my life, is God still good? And that was just a really honest question that I struggled through for a couple of years. So, um, um, okay, and then someone measured, uh, mentioned ease. Um, we could also put, like, pleasure or comfort. And it can just be, I just don't want problems. <laughs> like, that's sometimes like, like, whether it's your job or your house. Family. Yeah, your family. It's just, <laughs> why must there always be a problem? Like, it's just, there's always something and we just don't want to deal with it. Or just like, drama. yeah, it's drama. You just don't. So, yeah, so, um, that's something. another one. Uh-huh. Fear for our children. Uh-huh. At all ages. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes, that was... If God, you know, decides that one of our children is not going to believe, and what are we going to do with that? Like, is that... How are we going to think about that? That can cause a ton of anxiety. So, they're being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Just want to explain yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, and some of these like are kind of melding in with the godly concerns, right? Like, you know, we, we should, you know, be concerned for our children. We should be doing things to help them and grow them. You know, we, we want to explain ourselves because we want, you know, God to be glorified and truth to be proclaimed, but then it can morph into too much, you know. We should just go around throwing ourselves in front of trains so we don't want to die, you know. Like, these are legitimate, you know. So it's just how do we keep it to the other side of my diagram, which is coming. Okay. So, um, and we're going to have like a big instead. <laughs> okay. And just a couple of notes on this um, I thought of First Peter um, five seven. Um, cast all your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. And so to cast means to like to throw, to put off, like you're getting it away from you. So I kind of think of like, you know, maybe there is a snake, and it's with you're around your kids or yourself, and you might just like toss it. I've heard of moms doing that. I'm like, wow, okay, like you're getting it away. So. Because um, we want to get sin away from us, right? I had a great image of that recently, and that's a fishing rod. Uh-huh. Because you're casting it. Oh, away. yeah. Uh-huh. But then when you go to reel it back in, you're taking it back. <laughs> so you yeah. have to keep casting it. I just, yeah, I don't yeah. really get images like that. But it just seemed really appropriate because we have a tendency to cast it 
And then we say, we take it back after a while. Yeah. Now we have to cast it again. Yep. Yeah, and how that's, you know, it's a normal part of the Christian walk and not to beat ourselves up over it. Like, that we'll, we are, like I think we talked about last time, we're um, confessing our sins again and again daily. Like, and, and that's just, yeah. So we definitely want to cast it away again, but not to beat ourselves up for us perfectionists. <laughs> so, um, so then Ephesians, it was for, um, yeah. So let's put Ephesians 4, 22 and 23 here. Um, and we can just look at that, turn to that for a minute. Um, starting, um, I'd like to start at the beginning of the sentence, verse 20. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on your new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So this is the old self that we're putting off. Um, okay. So, and then there's something we're going to put on um, but there's something really important in the middle that separates us from the secular world, right? Because the secular world has this, right? It's called cognitive behavior therapy. It's, you know, you replace what you were doing with something better. And it's, they'll even get into the thoughts, right? You replace your anxious thoughts with a different thought, right? But... This is talking about what Christians do. Um, to, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So this is the thing too. Like this was this is corrupt. And we have, you know, we're no longer in that. We're we're we have the robes of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. So we're going to be um, transformed. There's a transformation and a renewing. And so this has within it the, the idea that we can't do it all on our own. Like we can't transform ourselves. We can't renew ourselves. So how do we, how are we, you know, of course, through the Holy Spirit. And through, so this is um, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit working within us in ways that we can't do. So, going deeper in um, how understanding, you know, that working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So, um, and we can talk about that more, but let's go to the, our new diagram. So, here's our reign as Christians. We still have trials, of course. Um, but our perspective on trials are totally different. Because we know the goodness and sovereignty of God. And that when we have trials, they're actually um, purposeful. They're not a mistake. Um, In God's economy, they're even kind of good. Not that we're saying evil is good, but God works all things for good. He's working it for good. And even like what Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. 
so this was a big light bulb moment for me was that God defines good differently than I do. And that's just something I had to absorb. Like, he is the one who gets to define what is good. So um, instead of anxiety, um, we're going to put on um, faith in the character and promises of God. Okay. And like for me, I was just mentioning like he is good and he is sovereign over all things. So our trials are not a mistake. Because what does the world have? Like all they have is trials are trials are bad. Um, this shouldn't be happening. Like it's a mistake. This trial is a mistake. Um, we just want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Right, that's the world's goal. Like, they just, let's get rid of it. Like, that's just, and that's kind of our mindset, right? Even as sinful believers, we just, we're as sinful um, people, we just want to get rid of it. We want to solve the problem, right? Uh huh. I just made a comment. I was listening to something about um, having a teachable heart, and one way of knowing whether or not someone you're trying to help has a teachable heart is when the circumstances change, their desire to deal with it anymore goes away Uh, so like when the trial is relieved they're like oh we're good now (laughs) instead of but the underlying concern is still there like there's still a root issue the Lord is trying to work out in your life yeah he was using those circumstances he might have given relief to the circumstances but like we still need to work on that root issue and I just thought that was really insightful yeah because we do just want it to go away (laughs) it goes away we're like woo that's over yes but is it you know, right. was, I mean, the Lord is always working on us through those things, so uh-huh. I thought that was really good. Yeah, because that makes me think of um, Philippians um, when he says um, in, uh, um, where he's content in all circumstances. Um, Philippians 4, um, not that I'm, Philippians 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. And in every and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, like, even when things are going well, we still need him, his strength. Um, Exactly. You know, the Mm -hmm. picture that she just painted and the picture you previously painted about casting all your cares... It, it kind of gave me a picture of the difference between casting your trial, your cares out to, you know, get it away from you, to get rid of it, casting it away as opposed to casting it up to him. Hmm. Um, if you just cast it out and <laughs> try to get rid of the problem yourself, oh, I see you're saying. coming back, it's mm-hmm. not going to go away for good. Hmm. Where if we give it to him, truly give it to him, then... Mm-hmm it'll be different. He'll replace it with peace. You're getting rid of the care and giving it to him. Yeah. And how um, that's part of that, like, biblical lament. Um, reading through the Psalms and letting that inform our crying out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And just, it's okay to grieve. That's what a lot of the Psalms are about. Like, just really being honest. And, it, like, spending that time to grieve <coughs> at his feet. 
and giving it to him, grieving to him and with him. And that's where that deepening of our relationship with God comes from. So um, let's, I'm going to start with that. So um, deeper um, relationship with God. Um, and I had, um, there's so many psalms, but I'm just going to put Psalm 89. is a really good one that I've kind of been meditating on this week. Um, and it, because it, it goes a little further into um, that whole idea of God being good, he still loves us even when he chastises us. Because that psalm talks about when David's people, meaning in, in us as well, when he disciplines us, he still loves us. He hasn't forsaken us. And sometimes it's so easy when we're going through these trials, we're thinking, does God still love us? Because I remember like so many times, I just feel like God hates me, you know, and like just feeling the weight of that burden. And so that's where um, faith um, comes in. Um, Because that's doubting the character of God. Like, is that if God, like, hates me, that's sin. Like, that's wrong. God can't do that. He's never going to do that. So just talking to ourselves, like, you know, okay, God doesn't hate me. He's, he can't possibly do that because he's holy and good. And then um, that's just really encouraging to think about. Well, if he doesn't hate me, then why is he doing this? You know, he's not just trying to punish me. Like, there's so many things. Um, and of course, the biggest thing um, is our growth in Christ's likeness. Um, so these are okay. So the, the umbrella on this side is if we are buffering our trials with our faith in the character and promises of God. This is what is under our umbrella. This is what we get. So, like, I kind of picture myself under the umbrella getting these things. Whereas over here, if I'm under the anxiety umbrella, these are the things I get, you know. So, um, okay, so growth in Christ-likeness. So, um, Romans 5, 3 through 4. So, let's look at that. Read that together. Someone, does someone want to read that? Who has it? Read it. Okay. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Yeah. Cool. So we're getting all these things. Um, character um, and hope. So, right, and that's the most important thing here is that there's hope in our trials. Like, over there, it's just there's really no hope because we're never going to regain control. We're never going to have all the comfort and pleasure we want. Um, We're going to die someday, right? It's just hopeless. But over here, there is hope. Even though we still have trials and, like, the rain is coming down upon us, we still have hope. And... um, that's just one verse I picked on growing in Christ-likeness. I'm sure you guys could find a lot more on how trials are meant um, to grow us. You know, even, you know, James 1, I spent a lot of time um, just meditating on James 1, where um, the trials are meant to bring us joy. 
which really, I think I mentioned this last week, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfectly perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I mean, that is just so rich. Like, um, you could just unpack that all day. Um, James 1, 2 through 4. Let's put that on the side. Um, like perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So there's this this richness of what God wants to grow us and do in us through the trial. And if we're, our only thought is to get rid of the trial, solve the problem, um, we're missing out on all what Christ wants to do in us that deep, deeper relationship with God and how he wants to grow us. Um, okay, so um, we could talk about uh, knowing his love and grace, like for one example. Um, one, another, let's uh, write it first. Knowing his love and grace. Um, and for that, I just put um, Philippians 4.7. Um, and the peace of God, which surpasses, we all know this passage, um, starting in verse um, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, So we could add peace. Um, but his love and grace is in there. Um, we know them better through the trial um, than if we had never had the trial. So, because um, we're depending on him. Um, let's see, did we put Philippians? Yeah, okay, so let's put our deeper um, dependence on God. Um, and this is a really rich passage as well, Philippians 3, 7 through 10. Um, Let's see. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So sharing in Christ's suffering... um, is a, is the thing like being with him in his sufferings? Um, that's what we're. Um, that's what we're going through. Is is actually it's kind of showing God's favor, right? The Lord disciplines those He loves and those whom He calls as a son. So when we're when we have these trials, and sometimes it just seems like there's one after another, as believers. It's, it's actually God's favor because, of course, he cares more about our holiness this year. Um, we'll put that on the side. 
than our happiness because happiness is fleeting. It's never going to last. It's never going to actually satisfy us, this worldly happiness. Um, so that sanctifying process is what is what grows us in Christ. Um, when we were at the biblical counseling conference, uh-huh. Stuart Scott was talking on trials, and it was probably one of the best, I mean, he's amazing anyways, but one of the best talks on trials, and he said the number one thing that people ask for in prayer when they're going through a trial is deliverance. And he was saying, is it deliverance that God wants for you, or is it dependence? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's not deliverance. Yeah, because God wants to, I mean, how many times have you had that sick child that you've had to deal with and comfort and be with? And like, what? They're sick, and so they just want to be with you. And so you're spending more time with them, and they're in need. And so you become more meaningful to them because they, they're needy. And so how precious are those? Those are actually like some of my fondest memories from when my kids, whether they were little or even now, is when they're having a, a trial or they're in pain and they're suffering and they're coming to me and they want comfort from me. And it's like, wow, like this is it. This is what being a mom is all about. Like it's not, you know, it's not all this stuff that we tend to get so concerned about, but like how much closer do I feel to them when that's happening? And then I kind of miss it when it's gone sometimes, you know? And and that's how it is with God. Like, that's what he wants. And, like, we feel closer to him when we're in those trials if we're coming to him, right? So if we're just trying to get rid of the trial and as soon as possible, then we're not we're going to miss out on that. So that's really good. Um, cool. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, yeah, and then thinking about, yeah, it's not just about, yeah, that's, It's not just about, you know, what we're learning. It's also about depending on him. And so um, uh, I kind of, um, when I did my, I did a paper on um, one thing that was really, this one class, it's a um, sanctification class, and you had to do a sanctification project where you pick something in your life where you're struggling, where there's a sin, and we had to write, like, this big, paper on it and analyze ourselves and and it's it's like a whole semester of just like crying the whole time because it's just like constant like how are you like um I don't even know how to describe it because it's it's getting at all of this stuff at a deeper you're finding all these things and um learning how to transform them into them and so one of the exercises I found in a little booklet by John Jay Adams, John Adams, no, Jay Adams, um, is just what might God be doing through this trial? Just make a list. What might he be doing? Um, and in this, I did the topic of chronic pain um, just because I've had this hip pain that's been going on for like eight years. <laughs> and um, it just got a lot worse in the last couple of years just to where, like, we were talking about, like, the loss of youth and mobility and um, not being able to run anymore not being able to um, even just getting down on the floor was super painful and just things like that. Um, it was just a major struggle because it's like, 
I'm 45. I'm like, God, I'm too young for all this. Like, I feel like I'm like 65, really. And like, what is happening? And, um, and, but yeah, I, I, God has brought me a lot. I was getting a lot better, like through physical therapy and like a personal trainer. And, um, it's starting, it's kind of starting to get better, but it's still, I'm like, this is like my thorn in the flesh. It just, it keeps coming back and it keeps, um, but it's, it's just, I never thought I would be one of those people that just was like, thank you for that trial. But I, I totally am. Cause I would just, now I get it. Like I totally get it. Like God just used it just to, to sanctify me in so many ways. And it's just, um, just to grow me in ways that I just like, just depending on him and humility and just learning about what really matters in life. Um, just a lot of, yeah, it just gives you a different perspective on what actually matters. Um, um, and I just made this list. I made a list of like 20 things. I didn't put them all in my paper because I'm like, that's too personal, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, just those are just some of the things, just being more gentle. Um, somehow it helps me with my anger problem. I still struggle with anger with my kids, but it's definitely better. And I don't know how being in pain, I can't really articulate how being in pain and going through all this, but it's, it just has to do with not being so like in control and this must happen and all this is so important and just realizing like, no, like this stuff doesn't matter. Nothing is worth me sinning. You know, even if they're sinning, if I add sin, that's not helping. Like that's not helping. So like having to dig deep, like, okay, what are some other ways to deal with this situation? Like, help I don't even know God help me like I don't know so um um and yeah opening my eyes to loving people rather than using people um it's just I just felt like every area of my life was touched by this that God just used it um so um and then yeah one thing um being able to identify with the pain of others I was going to put in here, um, just as us, as we're just thinking about um, counseling and helping other people, um, it really helped me see um, Proverbs 18.13, which says, um, he, hopefully, make sure I get it right, but he who speaks before he listens, it is his folly and shame. If one gives an answer, I guess a different version. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So if we're not really listening to people and the complexity of their anxiety or whatever their problem is, we're just, we're so quick to jump in with that like quick answer, like easy, like someone just starts talking about their problem. It's like, oh, well, you have you been out of this? Have you done this? Have you... And they're not even done talking sometimes. And it's just, we're just, we, are we, or they start explaining us to the problem, the problem, anxiety, and maybe it's obvious right off the bat we hear this. And so then we're like, we're off and running. We're talking to them about fear of death and, blah, 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 and all this. But maybe that's just kind of the, maybe that's just kind of the surface or the part if we had let them keep talking. Maybe there would have been, you know, something else. Like, 
And, and maybe this is like the real problem, right? Like sometimes we're, maybe they mention that, but really what's got them stuck is, is more down here. And it's just because we didn't let them talk. Like we were too quick to jump in. And um, like, you know, people are complicated and their problems are complicated and their symptoms move around and like one day is great and the next day is kind of okay and, and, and then the next day it's just they're in the pit of despair. You know, it's just, and sometimes like all people want is just to be heard. And even just explaining a problem, you guys know, to a friend is just, that is, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes they don't even need, sometimes they start talking themselves into the right direction. And that's even way more um, when people can see it for themselves instead of us just trying to put it on them um, is actually where change happens. So like if we can somehow help lead people, like that's kind of my, because that's kind of where I really, I don't think I ever really changed a whole lot when someone was just like, oh, well, you should just, you know, I didn't really bring change in my life. It was a lot of like reading, like listening to sermons or listening to the classes. Um, when people just listen to, like my husband is just like, you know, you guys all know Chris. He's just so good and I'll just be talking to him about stuff. And like by the time I'm done talking, I've like worked out the problem. And all he really did was listen, you know. And that's just all we need sometimes, you know. So um, anyway, so, okay, I'll probably talk too much. Now, so, <laughs> um, cool. So I just thought it would be good to break into the small groups again and do that um, for further study, just so you guys have a chance to talk. <laughs> so what I was just talking about, that you guys should figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> talk for yourselves. I'll stop talking. Um, so on this uh, further study, um, Luke 12, um, number two, I thought it'd be cool um, if you don't have this pair of makeup. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, it's the back of one of them I already gave you. It's just like the. But if you don't have it, we can. So maybe just break into groups of three and do number two. Um, we did number one last time. Groups of three or however many kind of close by. Just so you all get a chance to talk. 